Hello, guys. Welcome to episode 58 of Learn and Become podcast. Today, it's Deborah and myself again. So, hey, Deborah, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. How is the weather? Very, very windy. Like this season in, in El Paso, usually like beginning of spring is very windy. And we're talking about like 70, wait, 70, yeah, about 70 mile winds some days. Like very windy. I'm just asking because I'm sweating here. Like it's really, really hot. Well, at temperature wise, it's very comfortable. Like he's in the 63, like Fahrenheit, uh, which is around the 20s, 21. Well, 70s are more close to the 20s, but um, but it's about that. Maybe it was warmer now, honestly, because it was going to warm up. But yeah, it's uh, temperature-wise is great, but the wind is like it blew my my grill down on the floor and and like uh, what is the word and drag it mm. <laughs> like away from the area it was in. Like that's, that's how windy. strong the wind is. So yeah, it's very windy. So it, it, this time of the year is hard. Like next week we are go. Nick is gonna have a week break, and we are planning like where where you wanna go and all that. And he's like, we could go to White Sands, and White Sands is like the the region in Maranhão where you have those mountains of sands that you can mm-hmm. go like um, slide and drive those um, whatever it's called like the. I forgot the name of those machines, but anyways, you can drive around on on those jeeps and stuff. And um, and I was like, sure, if it's not windy, <laughs> or else you're just, just gonna sand be like coming you know, all over you. Yeah, like, you're gonna just come back all red from like being cut, literally being cut by a bunch of sand. So uh doesn't look like we're gonna be going to white sands right now <laughs> it would be nice to consider today yes it would be it would be nice to wash the hair after going there right oh. sand all over <laughs> yeah yep yeah but anyway so today we'll be talking about chapter one from the book that you suggested for me to read which is really good the Mountain is You by Brianna. And uh, so do you want to say something about this? So I, I remember just, remind, uh, just to remember that you wanted to do a book club. And thank you for that. I believe yeah, I what we're going to be doing now, it's kind of like what you would be doing in a book club, right? If you want to go into that a little bit before you start the book. Yes, that's very true. Thank you. I was about to forget it. Uh, So we're planning on starting a book club because I think it's a great way to practice while consuming a good content that will help you like beyond English. We know that English is important, but it's not, the goal of speaking English is not simply to speak like the words and stuff. So when you, you talk about a book, for example, you, you're learning something else and you were 
learning how to express yourself on that topic. So you, you learn critical thinking, uh, new words, and books help us to be better. And our purpose is to be better. So it's a great way to practice English and to develop in different areas. So yes, so we're doing a kind of book club on chapter one today. Thank you for the mm -hmm. reminder. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay, so yeah, the book, The Mountain is You. That was so chapter one. I, yeah, we're gonna talk about the chapter one, the book, and if you guys get curious about it, you're probably gonna have to read it because we might do another podcast talking and on having an overall view after it, right? But we're not gonna go chapter by chapter, right? Or be part of the book club. If that's the book you chose, I don't know if that's the book you chose for the book club, but. Yeah, that's that's gonna be the first one. It got first one. seven chapters. So uh, if we do one chapter a week, it's gonna be like almost two months, mm -hmm. which will be cool, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Anyways, okay, cool. So be part of the book club then. <laughs> you know what happens next. So what, what was <laughs> or the, read the book? What was like the the biggest thing for you in this first chapter? Um, for me, I don't really believe I've ever been a person who practiced self sabotaging myself, like. Like she, she says in, in the part of the book, in the middle of the chapter, she says, maybe this resonates with you just a little bit or maybe resonates a lot, right? So for me, in that way, it's just a little bit, but I could really think about some things that did kind of do apply. Or maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not doing a, I didn't do enough of a, of a like search, a self-search to see if I am self-sabotaging me or not, but <laughs> anyway. I'm kind of laughing because your face was like, yeah, I'm not, well, you're like, yeah, 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 I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> I might, yeah, but can, can you explain a little bit uh, what you think or how you see self-sabotage? Like, I agree with Doctor in a way when she says that um, you have a goal and then you, I, I feel like most people like this, you have a goal and then you put all, you picture everything that you're gonna be doing. Like you make a plan, right, in your head. But once you start that plan, you stop. And a lot of the time is because there is something inside you that is unconscious that is um, stopping you from achieving that place. And there is a reason why, maybe because you don't think you're deserving, maybe because you there, uh, your relationship with whatever it is that you're working uh, what, through, it's not good. Uh, so she gives the example, example of that guy who started fainting at school because he didn't like going to school and he related like, fainting with not going to school uh, past, uh, because he did. And then he, he thought, oh, I guess if I fend, I don't need to go to school. And after that, he started having those episodes. And then 
it was like because he didn't want to go to school so it wasn't any actual clinic clinic situation that took him to uh, that was making him to faint so uh, so that's an example she gives in the book and um, that's a good example of self-sabotage right your your fears it stops you from achieving your goals or or making changes in yourself because you're in that comfortable zone and you don't want to get out of it. So, and then you start doing things on the opposite direction, right? To go back to that comfortable zone. But she 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 says she says something in the beginning. I think and that's in the introduction that I thought it was very cool. She says, if to have a mountain in front of you doesn't mean you are fundamentally broken. Uh, in some way, everything in nature is imperfect. And it is because of that imperfection that change is possible. And I thought that was pretty brilliant. Like people achieve so much for perfection or they want to be perfect so much, but they forget that the imperfection is what gives them the potential to keep growing. And I thought that was pretty cool the way she put that in. Uh, and I thought that was very interesting. And I felt like I don't feel like I have necessarily something broken, <laughs> fundamentally broken with me, right? I know I have imperfections I need to work on, but some people are afraid of facing those obstacles because they are afraid to realize that they have something broken inside them, right? But that doesn't really necessarily, so they don't even go there. <laughs> Right, they don't even take that step to reflect on that. So, I think it's interesting um, that perspective that she put it in the in the book at first, and and um, yeah, that's one of the things that I thought about the the self sabotaging thing, and in the and there are other stuff too. But I want to hear from you, like, what do you think? Now, on, on that point that you you brought up. I like when she said that uh, if you're not willing to face the problem, like for real, and you just have a Band-Aid on the top of a wound, it's not going to fix the problem and it might get worse. worse. Yeah. So like you, she gives some examples. One that, that mm -hmm. she said that I was, I think a lot of people can relate to it is about mm -hmm. money. She yeah. says, like, we, we believe that all rich people are uh, selfish. They are not good Every people. Day. And it comes from a lot from the way Christianity was implemented in, in the, I don't know about the U.S., but in South America, mostly. Uh, and, like... The, the godly people had no money, they were all broken and mm -hmm. like you had to be broken to, <laughs> to be, be, God, to be, be godly. Good. Yes, <laughs> yeah. and to, to be, be a part good of person. that people, yeah. Uh, but we know that in reality, there are a lot of poor people, they're like terrible mm -hmm. people and there are a lot of rich people, they're great. And yeah. on the contrary, You'll find some poor people that are amazing and some rich people that are stupid. Uh, yeah. So it's not about having money or not. But we have that like rooted so deep down or 
heart that if we start to make money, we start to kind of doubt ourselves and our beliefs and our everything. And then we find a way mysteriously to not make money. Yeah. <laughs> like I can make True. money. Or you tell yourself that you're happy with what you have, right? So you yes. don't try to make more money. It's not that you don't necessarily try not to make money because everybody actually wants a little extra or we always want some extra. But we started like not trying to make more, I guess. And that's yeah. interesting because I was watching, I was doing the Sermon of the Mountain with my friend and I can't remember exactly which of the the verses we were talking about but it was the 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 pastor said something that I thought was really funny he said that even making money is a gift from God like he said have you noticed how some people they know how to make money and some people don't know how to make money so think about the god what's his name the guy who created apple I forgot his name Steve Jobs yeah. So think about him, right? He's a visionary that knows how to make money, right? He really do. He became who, who he became with the gift that he knew how to make money. And there are like many other people that you can use as an example. They know how to use their money in favor um, of uh, in favor to, of them to actually make more and more and more. And other people just don't have that ability. They don't know how to make money. And then he was saying, I'm one of them. And thank God this, that's the way. Because if I had that gift, I would totally be corrupted by money. <laughs> so, that's so far. So the way he said it, he said, so even the gift of knowing how to make money is given by God. You know, and I'm not, and he wasn't trying to say like you screwed. You know, like if you don't know, you don't have that gift, don't even try. He wasn't saying that, but he was saying, if you don't have that gift, you might have a reason why. And because it's a, because of your heart, like, and he said, like, I don't have the gift because if I did, I know that my, my, my life would be corrupted by money. I would become an arrogant, selfish person because of money. And I, and because of that, I make enough, but I don't, I'm not rich. I don't have, I don't have the ability to buy everything I want. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a very good, and, and, and he was talking about that saying money is not the evil, basically, right? He was saying exactly that. It's all about where your heart is and how you real your relationship with money is. And, yeah. but it's not a bad thing. Money, don't be, a, and I think he even says, don't be scared to have money and don't be scared to desire to have money. You know, like it's okay to desire to have money, but you need to place things in the right place in your life. So I agree with that, what you said, especially in a Christian view, uh, we Christians have a hard time because Jesus didn't have money, right? He was poor. He didn't have the, the apostles suffer, didn't have money and all that. So that's the vision of I got to be that type of a person, but maybe God is not calling you to be that person. He's calling you to be, have money and teach people how to make money, you know? Yes. And about the self-sabotage thing, uh, it's so personal that 
in both cases, either having money or not having money, it can be your self-sabotage. Yeah. Like exactly. uh, a poor person might want to, might get comfortable being poor because they're the victim. Like, oh, yeah. I'm so poor. Like, yeah. oh, pity on me. Like, oh, I need help. Yeah. Uh, in the same way, like maybe a rich person is afraid of being poor because they think that their worth is on money. If I have no money, yeah. I'm worth They less. will have friends. Nobody will. Will. Yeah, and that's something she says about it is that if you um, go and stop de denying how you feel about certain things and actually address it, you will start making changes and progress and those changes are going to take you to this place where you're also going to lose things and you're going to it's going to be uncomfortable basically until you go back to a new state that is your comfortable zone and she said maybe you're going to lose friends but instead of being liked you're going to start being loved right so i thought that was very interesting and and i but before we keep going there, she says some things that I thought it was very good. She says that uh, that when you, if you think that you could do better in life, you, you're probably right. If you think there is more that you are here to accomplish, you're probably right. And if you think that you're not being your authentic self, you are probably right. So I thought like that was, and that it's where she's saying, she's saying, if you know all those things, but you're still not accepting those as truths, you're not going to move forward. You're not going to progress because you're still in that place where you're justifying or denying the problems and the self-sabotaging that you do to yourself. So I thought that was brilliant too. Like, it's so true how we always know, you know, we just give ourselves justifications all the time. Yeah, because it's comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. It's all about, yeah, somebody said, I don't know who, who said it, but we need to learn how to uh, be uncomfortable, something like that. Like we have to like the uncomfortable place, uh, yeah. like exercising, eating healthier, saving money, yeah. like not being selfish, reading a book, yeah. like it's all uncomfortable, yeah. but it will eventually pay off in the long run. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's, it is, it's interesting because it's, it's something I, like I was talking to my friend um, the other day and something that is I've noticed about Americans uh, I, I guess I'm gonna generalize and then maybe I'm very wrong but those are the experiences I had is that uh, Americans have a hard time um, when people are bored with them I'm trying to to see how I can phrase this the right way but I'll just go for the example for example my husband, my husband, sometimes we go to visit our family members in Colorado and they live on top of a mountain. And, um, and 
it, it's winter sometimes uh, and you just, I don't want to face the cold outside. So I need to be inside. And then when you don't have anything to do, you don't have anything that you really want to watch or something that you really want to read. Um, you're just in that place where you're bored, basically, right? And my husband, when I'm like that way, he, he starts trying to fix me. He's trying to get me to do something so I can get out of that boredom because he feels bad that I'm bored. And I feel like Americans do that a lot. They have a hard time allowing other people just to be around and doing nothing, right? They always, uh, that's why when you go to somebody's house, usually you have to schedule because the idea of a person just coming and sitting around you while you do your things is just very, not very common for them. It's not something they're comfortable with maybe, I guess, I don't know. But, um, but my husband is like that. So he, he tries to fix me. He tries to keep, he keeps asking me like, what do you want to do? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? What do you want to do? I look at him like, no, I don't want to do anything. I want to be bored. And that doesn't make sense to him. And I always tell him like being bored is important. Like when you don't have anything to do and you just let your mind drift, it's time of reflections and meditation or not even that. Maybe it's just a nap that you're going to take because you're so bored that you fell asleep. But it's necessary. And I tell him that and I say, and I tell him like, you don't need to entertain me all the time. You know, you don't need to make me uh, and people are trying to entertain themselves all the time now with technology, right? There is not a time of boredom in people's life anymore. And I tell Nick, I said, we got to be careful. We need to teach our kids to be bored. We need to teach them not to have anything to do and not be distracted by technology. Take away the technology. I'm bored. So sit down on the sofa and do nothing if that is, but you're not going to go on the internet. You're not going to watch a movie. You're not going to do, want to listen to music? Yeah, that's okay. But everything else, no, you're going to be bored, right? And, and that's what you're talking about, right? Being that state where you're just uncomfortable or you don't have anything to do. It's, um, you're just like, you feel like you need to be doing something you know, yes. all the one, time. One thing that, um, kind of comes with that is if you're not doing like literally anything uh you're probably gonna have to face yourself a little bit and yeah. if you're not okay with yourself then there's a problem so I feel like uh the entertainment and technology and all that nowadays comes a lot on this four like a lot of people are just like depressed, anxious, and just yeah. I I need to do something. Uh, and by any means, I'm saying that's uh, his case or generalizing that. But I'm saying like this uh, time we currently live in, I feel like it happens a lot, especially with teenagers. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. they just need something. Yeah, to... like that's a lot of reasons also why kids don't like school. They get bored in school and they don't know how to be bored because <laughs> they are being entertained all the time at home with something, with someone or something with, that they enjoy. They like doing it, right? And in school, they are not always doing what they like. So, yes. so yeah, and, it's, it's, and in it's this place, complicated. 
Yes, in, in this but, place of yeah. boredom, great things happen. Yeah. Like if, oh, if yeah, you think exactly. about it, that's where most of the unknown stuff comes alive. Oh. Like if mm-hmm. if you if you already know what's gonna happen, there won't be surprises or yeah. news at any point. Yeah. That's interesting. Exactly. Um and so she also about, she yes. also says something uh, that it kind of comes up with that she she says uh, what you believe about your life is what you will make true about your life. I thought that was very cool when she talks about declarations, right? Sometimes you need to reach the rock bottom to realize that for you to go come to yourself and say I don't want to ever feel that way again and then you make true change because that's when you say nope this isn't acceptable I don't want it anymore and then you start making actual true change in the right direction and then she's talking about declarations so she started talking like you need to declare things like that all the time not when just when you're in the rock bottom but you need to to really declare things that you believe about your life. And that spoke a lot to me because I've always been the person and my husband will uh, we speak to that. He, I always say, I always told him like, I'm never gonna be the person that works out at home. So it doesn't even make sense for us to spend any money in a gym home because I don't like it. I don't like working out at home. I need to get out of the house. Guess what? I have a whole, almost a whole gym inside my house now <laughs> in my garage. Not a whole gym, but like I have a squat rack. I have a trap, uh, a trap, what is it? A trap bar. I have uh, uh, dumbbells. I have all kinds of stuff. And I keep telling my husband, like, what do you want to buy next? You know, like, what do you want to add to the to our gym next? And I, I work out like, I've never worked out and been so constant in my life and for so long. Then now, when I had an actual uh, gym membership that I was paying monthly and went probably four or five times. And I always told myself, I'm never going to be that person. And you're probably asking, so did you start telling that you were going to become that person? <laughs> like, no, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't start saying that I was going to become that person. But I did start telling myself that I wanted to be strong. And the reason I wanted to be strong is because I became a mother. And I wanted my son to see by example of what means to become strong physically and mentally and all that. And exercising helped me with helps me with that. So, so I started working out at home. I found ways that would keep me doing it uh, and I started investing in it. So the first step wasn't investing thousands of dollars in the gym, but it was actually having someone to build me programs that I would be accountable to fulfill. And then I had a friend coming to working out with me. And then I kept going because I was like, no, I'm, I'm paying, I'm spending money on this. So I got to keep doing it, you know? So those are the little steps that I took to keep that 
con that consistency, right? But I, at some point, I stopped telling myself that I wasn't a person that worked out at home. In some point, maybe I didn't declare that I was, but I did stop saying that I wasn't. And now I am, and I don't ever see myself paying for a gym ever again, because just the idea of getting in the car and having to drive to work out already time wasted for me. <laughs> so like, I don't have time for that. Like I need 10 minutes just to get to the gym, uh, ready to start working out. And I have 22 workouts. That's half of my minutes, you know? <laughs> so, so yeah, so I feel like when, when I read that sentence, I, I thought about things that I believed about myself and that it's been changing through the years. And one of the things that stand out to me was I'm never gonna be the person that works out at home. And I'm, here I am, it's been a year and a half, almost two probably that I've been constantly keeping a schedule and working out at home. Like it's been a while now. I'm proud of myself for that, for sure. That's so cool. And the interesting thing is that your goal was not to work out at home. Like your goal was not to work out. Yeah. Like we, we sometimes get so shallow in our goals mm -hmm. and that's why we never reach them like mm -hmm. oh, i want to i want to get fit why because i want to be in shape for the summer like yeah you're not gonna like do it probably like that's yep. too little but yep. your reason was deep like was it a good thing and then yeah. you did what you got to do to to accomplish that because it, it mattered yeah. to you Yeah, exactly. And like, I always tell people, I, I tell some people, not people in general, but I, I really admire a woman who have children and more than one children and doesn't work out. <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? Um, well, because I don't know how they do it. Like, I, I like, it's so freaking hard. Like, If your body is not as strong, dude, it's so much harder, right? And I started working out to make my life easier, not to make my life harder. And like I do hikes, right? And uh, my son, I carry my son in my back. So I every time in the beginning when I would pick up the backpack to put in a bag, I was like, holy cow, this fr it's freaking heavy. And then there were moments, um, I'm just trying to connect my charger here um and there were moments where sometimes i need to like who moms do you know what i'm talking about you have a kid in your arm and then the kid and then in my case i have a dog holding a dog in my other hand and then the kid drops the, the toy and then the toy falls and he doesn't want to get down on your lap to grab the toy so you need to squat down and then at the same time another dog passed the other side of the street and you're freaking 72 pounds dog start pulling in that direction so you need to hold the freaking dog and reach for the toy to give the toy back to your kid oh and then sometimes you also have your purse on your on your shoulders or or maybe you, or the other day for example i was carrying my son and then dishes that I was taking to church and then something dropped and I had to squat down to grab it without letting any of those things to fall like and then so that's why I admire moms who have kids 
if imagine doing that with two kids then you know yeah, like, i think they just leave the toy just like no just <laughs> leave it the... <laughs> but i mean like man if i had to do that every day without being prepared physically for that it's so much harder so sometimes i tell people like i admire those moms because they have a harder work than i do because i i am physically prepared to handle all those things because i work out because i take 20 minutes to at least 20 minutes to work out three times a week and that makes that's enough for me to make myself strong enough to handle my kid my dog and possibly in the future more kids so every time I think about like how do you even have two kids then like how do you handle two kids three kids and not being physically prepared to run after your kid and while they just cross a very busy street and they do because you can't keep up with them, you know, like they're running away away from you and you can't reach them because you're tired, you know, like you're exhausted already. So, and I'm not judging by any means, okay? I'm not being, I'm really not being sarcastic. I really mean when I say admire moms that don't work out and have kids because it's not easy. It's so much harder. So that's something that kept me going for sure. It's like, you know, like the feeling of, oh man, I can squat down with my kid on my lap and, and actually get up again. And that's awesome, <laughs> you yes. know? Yeah. So that I, is a good feel, you know? <laughs> yeah, even though I like, I don't really like deeply understand your feeling as a, yeah. as having kids. Uh, sometimes people ask me, but why do you work out like so frequently? And I think like, why don't you? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. The point is not like he, it's really good. I feel really good mentally. Yeah. It's very good for me physically too. Like, but I think I'll ask you the same question. Why don't you like? <laughs> exactly. And and I and sometimes I think about that and I think myself. Why didn't I? Why didn't I work out before? Why wasn't I that person before, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot has to do with uh, reasons for sure. Like, what were my reasons? Were they good enough at that time to push me to do those things? They weren't. And they were the good feeling of being strong were temporary. You know, like I, I did, like I never... I, I practiced gymnastics for 11 years and I did from, I was eight years old all the way to 19. I stopped around 19 year old. And why did I practice gymnastics? Because I enjoyed it. it wasn't because I want to be fit, fit. It wasn't because I wanted to be um, strong. It wasn't because any reasons it was because I enjoyed it. When I turned 19 that I stopped practicing gymnastics, I didn't really have anything to practice that I truly enjoyed. And I also didn't have any reasons to keep exercising uh, in a way that I felt like I needed to, right? So, uh, so, and then after that, I started having those needs because of my self-image, uh, but they weren't enough. They were enough to keep going because my self-image um, 
takes time to change that. And it's not just physically, but it's also mentally. So first I went through a process of accepting that I was no longer 15 years old and I was no longer going to have a 15 year old body. You know, I had to accept that. It doesn't mean that I needed to be comfortable with the body I had. And, that, and that's something she says too. She, she says, you gotta sit down and put it on a paper what bugs you, what it's uncomfortable to you, what you don't like. Maybe it's lack of money, maybe it's your self-image, maybe is your, I don't know, whatever it is, is your anxiety, but you gotta put that and then you need to look at those things and make a decision. Are you gonna make peace of it with it or are you gonna change it? So, and that's exactly what happened to me first because at, in the first years that I got married, um, it was right after I came to United States because I had, uh, I started working out before going to United States. And the reason I did was I knew everybody gain, most people gain weight when they come to United States and I was prepared to gain weight. So I wanted to lose to gain in case I gained something back. And I did double the amount. So I lost like five pounds and I gained 20, wait, 10 at first. So yeah, about 10. So, so when I went back to United States, from United States, I had gained not just the weight that I lost, but on top of the weight that I also already had. And I, that affected my self-image for a while. And I had that self-image and then I started thinking about, wait a second, I'm not 15 anymore. You know, I'm not going to have that body anymore and I need to accept that uh, I'm changing and that's okay. Like changing, it, it's okay. It doesn't mean that I was accepting to be uh, um, like if, for example, if I was dangerously overweight to the point that was affecting my health, for example, it doesn't mean that's okay to accept that and say, you know what, I'm not going to deal with it. No, it's about saying, okay, um, I'm in this place, my body's going to change, but I know I can change my body in a positive way too. And that's what happened when I became a mom. I was already, uh, I realized that I had so much more potential inside me that I could use and I needed to start becoming because I had another person watching me basically right I had another person there that is was going to be affected by the choices I made for myself for my family and for him so uh, so I started making those changes and guess what my body changed but I never desired to go back to my 15 year old because I wanted to have my body of uh, 30 years old because I'm not, the, I'm, I'm not, a thank God, I'm not the 15 year old anymore. You know, I'm the 30 year old woman and thank God for that. I'm so much better now, I believe, I hope. <laughs> so, you, you, know, you, you forgot a, your, you forgot your age for a second. You forgot oh, how yeah. old you are. I'm 32. I'm no, not you went, you went like, <laughs> wait, am I 32? I'm 32, 30. right? <laughs> I think I am 32. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, and, you know, yeah, I don't know my age. Yeah, One thing that's very interesting uh, about all of it is, number one, you've got to be very honest with yourself because 
using like the wound example she she talks about if you deny being hurt you're never gonna get healed in the first place yeah. so like facing and that you're gonna get stuck yeah yes. she says the lingering is what keeps you stuck mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, it's like so, it's very true yeah. <laughs> it's very true so fixing like being honest is number one and in that place you you will probably find better reasons to change than if you don't go there because if yeah. you're not just like i'll just be like shallow in my in my search so i'll try to find a reason here on this level one you're not going to find the reason and you're not going to fix the problem so you end up stuck in the same place mm -hmm. uh, and the second thing which is like the main point or i think it is the main point of the the book is what she said that i didn't see myself as the person that worked out at home uh so the way we see ourselves and the way we see everything changes everything right yeah uh but one thing that was very interesting about what you said is that now you can't deny the fact that you are the type of person that works out at home because yeah. you have evidence like yeah. it's not about like an idea it's about well can't deny it anymore like now mm -hmm. i am this person but in the same way i think we can we can work on like in the opposite direction like i'm not the type of person that eats junk food on a weekly basis like i just eat it sometimes mm -hmm. like instead of stop eating first and then like changing the belief we can change the belief and get yeah. the result of that you did the contrary yeah. which is harder but well but i it wasn't the thing is i did the contrary because like i said i didn't decided I want to become a person who works out at home. I said, mm -hmm. I want to be strong. You know, I want to be strong. That's what I wanted. And I, there was only one way for me to become strong. And that was working out. <laughs> like I can become strong sitting on the sofa and watching TV. You know, I can't just be strong by eating well. I need to work out, you know, so my declaration wasn't to become this person it was to become strong so i did you know i i guess i i looked at it to the most important thing on on the list of things that i wanted to change and the thing because i could have become strong going to a gym right but i needed to look at the reality that it was my life and accept that reality to be able to fit working out in it because the reality was, how am I going to get a two-year-old during COVID, by the way, to a gym with me and work out? How am I going to find a person to watch my son and pay for that person or have like, uh, be certain that the person will be able to watch my son so I can go work out at the gym? I didn't have those options. I had to work with what I had. And what I had was a, bear, a, a barbell 
and some weights because my husband is the person who works out at home, <laughs> you know? So I had something. Maybe all you have is uh, empty, uh, empty, empty uh, bottles of different products that you can fill up with water, sand, rocks, whatever it is. And that's what you're going to use. Or maybe you're not even going to use weight at all. You're going to go, I don't know, for a walk with, in the, with the stroller or something. And you start moving your body and you start improving. And then at some point you're running, right? So my point is you got to look at your life and, and say, okay, I want to make these changes. I want to become this person. But you can try to do it in a way that doesn't fit with your reality. Or you're going to keep failing it all the time. You know, like, and then that's gonna dismotivate you to keep going, you know? Is it dismotivate a word? It is, right? I use the proper word, right? Yeah. So because of that, um, I started becoming that person because I was, I didn't really have much of an option. I either did it or I didn't. I wasn't going to the gym. I couldn't go to the gym. It was COVID. I have a, I had at the time a one year old, not even a two. I had a one-year-old who took two, three naps at a day and I needed to keep his schedule too. So what am I going to do here? You know, so, so I fit that goal to the reality that I had, uh, yes. to the, the life that I had, instead of doing the other way around. And you know, trying been... to fit my life in, into that goal, I said my goal to my life. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's, sometimes that you got to do. That's so cool. Because you... You could have just accepted and had the perfect excuse, like, but it's COVID, I got a kid, you know, can't really do it. I really want it to, but I can't. And yep. it, would, it would be okay. Like nobody would judge you, nothing would happen. It's super understandable, yeah, exactly. Yes, like that's fine. But yes, yeah. like that's how life is with kids. Like, yes, yeah. that happens to everybody, but yep. you chose exactly. a different road and you do the opposite. You do hiking with your, your son on your back and people go, you're crazy. You can't do it. Like, it's too heavy. Yeah, everybody who says me, uh, who sees me in pictures with, not everybody, I guess, but a lot of people who sees me carrying my son in my back, they, they always say like, man you're strong or i don't know how you do it oh this is so hard I, I, that's impressive and for me it's like it was hard like it was it was really hard in the beginning like my legs would freaking feel it like holy cow this kid and he's getting heavier too <laughs> you know like i thought about that that was another reason i wanted to be strong like he's not gonna stay this weight he's gonna get heavier which means i gotta get stronger <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, it, it is, it is, it was hard. It, and then now I'm like, it's not that bad anymore. No, but thank you. Thank you. I am strong, I guess. And now it's the <laughs> no. type of person you are. So like it, the reason why it's easier is because it's, it's not a thing that you have to do. It's just part of the actions you do because that's the person you are that's so interesting yeah. and that's what i was thinking like i was once i finished this whole chapter 
I was thinking like, I was thinking about relating to English, right? And I was thinking, wow, think if all your potential is in learning English. Like the fact that you become a person who speaks English will be the door to like a Pandora, you know, a Pandora box that all your potential is going to come out of, out of it. Like every potential you have, you know, not just, not just English. English is just the key for that, for you to unlock that potential. Yeah. And then I thought about you, because if you think about, you've always had a lot of potential and potential and English was kind of that key that opened that Pandora box, you know, like, and Ooh. brought you out of the potential that you already had in you right just so like i was Google. just thinking like can you and a lot of people are delaying that process over and over and over and over maybe they want to make more money how you make more money by learning english why haven't you yet <laughs> you know like maybe you wanna uh, advance in your career not for the money but because you want to reach more people in your career. You want to lead a bigger group. You want to lead different cities. You want to lead in, lead in different countries. You want to, you know, and oh, guess what? English will open that door for you. So all that potential you have inside could be locked because you don't speak English. And I'm not saying that's true for everybody. Absolutely not. But I'm thinking, but that made me think, think mm -hmm. it, right? I don't think that uh, for me, English was not what unlocked that for me. I learned English because I thought it's a, a smart thing to do. I should probably learn English. I didn't have a specific goal to learn English. The only goal I had was to learn it fast. But, it but I didn't have life. a reason to learn English. What is it? But it changed your life. Like, it did change my life, exactly. It changed me too as a person and who I was and everything. But but it wasn't what really unlocked. What unlocked my potential for me was motherhood. It was really what changed. Um, like it, it brought out of, uh, I believe, all the potential that was in me and I was still not using it I was still like giving myself excuses or justifying or not pushing myself harder to become that person and I'm not just talking about exercising but it's discipline is you know like I don't know becoming a person with a more a, a, a better focus a better um a better um what is the word purpose you know, in life. And that was motherhood for me, you know. So, but I thought, and what if English is for some people, you know, like what if English is the key that we will unlock everything they have in them to achieve places that they don't even think about it yet, you know. Totally. Yeah, that's so cool. And I, I really like the way like book club work because like those just book clubs in general, because mm -hmm you can see the content within your reality. And it's just like, the book makes more sense. You, you get more out of the book, helps you mm -hmm. to, to grow like with the content. And with our discussion today, 
I will leave a question for the people that uh, are watching uh, related to the book. And I feel like a good question could be for, for them to think about what is holding them back from being who they want to be uh, with mm -hmm. honesty and just like, as you mentioned, as she, she did in the book, just write it down to like yeah. what's bothering you, what's where you're not comfortable with uh, and what potential do you know you have and you're not really touching that because there is something holding you back. Yeah. And so homework for you guys, write it down and work towards that. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add? No, I, actually I do. It's the, it's the quote that I put it on my Instagram. I like, I, I, sometimes I put quotes on my Instagram and save all my highlights so I can't go back and read it. So, and, it, and it's what she said, like after you do the exercise, you can come uh, feeling a fear, right? Holy cow, now I gotta do something about this, right? And, and then she's, and then you start, being fearful because you start thinking of the things you're going to lose and what she said was um the losses that you will go through the changes that you're making um are the things that doesn't belong to the person who you're becoming basically so like the oh she's the sentence is you only uh through change the only thing you're losing are the things that will um that belongs to the person you no longer are. So I thought that was brilliant. Like reminding that it's important, right? So you you step out of that fear zone where of oh people will not like me, people will leave me, or whatever. It, I will lose money, or I will lose whatever it is, right? And that's a good reminder: is those things don't belong to the person once you become a different person, it just doesn't belong to that person anymore. So it's okay to lose those things. They're baggage. They're not moving you forward. Not only okay, but needed, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, cool. so yeah, yeah, if the fears really like come, sure. remember that, that the losses will be necessary for you to move forward, you know? Yeah, that was great. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that's it for chapter one. We'll get back to the book and have a conversation about the whole thing uh, once mm -hmm. we finish reading it, or you probably yeah. did once I do. <laughs> no, I <laughs> haven't read a book yet. in two hours. Those type of books, I go slow, like, okay. because usually I read these books like three different books at the same time that are this style. Uh, so I don't get, so I read like a, book, a chapter or um, section a day so I that's the way I found a way to finish those type of books because I'm very good at begin, starting them but I never finished them <laughs> so a way for me to actually finish them was like okay I don't need to read the whole chapter I can just read maybe a little bit today and then tomorrow I don't have to but the next day I can so I started dividing my my days and like this day I'm reading this book you know that's that, awesome so far it helped. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That and audible yeah. books. Those are the things that I usually makes me finish books. <laughs> awesome. So once we finish, we get back to the book and get a like a 
podcast, not a book club on it. Uh, mm -hmm. And it would be great. And thank you for the suggestion. Really like the chapter one. And yeah. thank you for your time and for the conversation and for uh, the time for being here, present. <laughs> well, thank a you. Huge difference. I appreciate it so yeah, much. Thank you. Okay. And thank you guys okay, for you listening. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we will see you next week. And if you guys have any questions, suggestions, or anything, please let us know. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye.